Hello and welcome in everybody to the Spartan Year podcast. I'm Ethan Hunter alongside Tanner Lambert as always here on your podcast network or U92 the Moose. Tanner is such a big part of and I am just a very, very, very small part of so much so that probably nobody notices. But Tanner, it's a great day. It's been a great weekend. How are you? Uh, I'm good, sir. Big win in the backyard brawl here in Morgantown on Saturday. Uh, so that part of the weekend was good. I don't know if you could call yesterday good. Uh, are, are you sure about that? As Columbus natives? You know, it was not a great weekend in sports for me personally. Um, however, you know, <laughs> outlook is high for uh, only one of us are going to be happy tonight. So that's going to be something fun to talk about. We're going to, yeah. yeah. I mean... Of course, we're talking about the electrifying Panthers-Saints matchup at 7.30. But, no, Tanner's got a Steelers sweatshirt on. I know he's excited. I'm excited. Um, is that game in Pittsburgh? Yeah, Big Ken's going to get it done at all. Big Ken. You know, we were just talking uh, Michigan State football. We were having our uh, 100 – or not 100-year, 10-year uh, Rose Bowl team uh, anniversary celebration when we beat Stanford in the 100th Rose Bowl. And you know who's back okay. on campus? Le'Veon Bell. Oh, Groveport, Madison, proud, baby. Go Cruisers. <laughs> I know you have no idea what I just said, but that's where my uh, mom, she went to high school, and Lev Bell went there. Really? And uh, he donated the turf for the new field down there at Groveport, Madison. Yeah. A good guy. Just over on the east side of Columbus, huh? Yeah. Oh. I did He's not got know a he new rap like... album coming out here soon, too, with Antonio Brown. Oh, good Lord. Does Big Ben you come in for called? a feature? I, I, I don't know. They're calling it CTE. That's the energy. Oh, I saw that. I did not know that's what that was. <laughs> Anytime mm-hmm. Antonio mm-hmm. Brown tweets, I usually just scroll by because I don't even want to know what's going on up there. Yeah. But, huh. Yeah. Well, you know, making the most out of it. Um, this weekend, Tanner called the backyard brawl a victory for West Virginia and uh a lot of people were hating a lot of people didn't think it would happen Tanner were you uh were you were you uh expecting the win uh you know I I don't like to talk about what I expect for a team that I'm covering going into the game I'm gonna call right that's always something that you know you kind of try to steer away from and whatnot but I will say I, I thought that they had a good chance to win it just because of what the run game has done thus far for West Virginia this season, Ethan. And, you know, the, the defense has been really good against the run. Holding Penn State to 150 rushing yards uh, is something that a lot of teams are not going to be able to do this season. And they did that in Happy Valley week one. Uh, so right. I felt like they could, you know, be better uh, against the run against Pitt, and they were 130 yards on the ground or so. And then – uh, the defense against the pass and Bill Jerkovic, my goodness. That dude was 8 of 20 with three interceptions, Ethan. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's some good defensive coverage down the field. Uh, Absolutely. Over his last two games, Bill Jerkovic is 18 of like 57 or something, I think, is what it is yeah. with uh, four interceptions and three touchdowns. I felt like they had a shot. They just had to go play the game the right way, and they did that. So they were able to come away with the win, which was really important. And who you got next week? Uh, Texas Tech at home, who is a struggling Red Raider squad, one and two on the year. Mm. 
Well, good things to look up forward forward to to you. My yeah. Spartans unfortunately lost in uh, at home against Washington. Top ten Washington, I, though they're looking like they could be a real problem this year. Um, yeah, I think that's a team that's going to win the Pac-12. That's my I think pick. so I too. That. Yeah, I picked Penix to win the Heisman on my show at the beginning of the year when we do that. Mm. And I'm feeling pretty good about that pick right now. Yeah, no, he's looking really good. Uh, I think it'll be... Almost 500 passing yards, right, and four touchdowns? Yeah, that's a good day. Yeah, I think that... uh, (laughs) We'll see when they play USC who's going to come out with that one during the regular season because I I have a feeling it's going to be the same. It's not good. Yeah. But... We've got Maryland coming up this weekend, and uh, we're going to bounce back. Always good things. So, uh, hey, the as Tanner's showing me the beautiful that the Woodburn Hall, the clock Woodburn tower Hall. there. Yeah, yeah. So wow. we're doing this on Zoom, and I'm walking home from uh, the Daily Athenaeum building the stage on campus. So, giving Ethan a little tour of West Virginia. That's we beautiful. I got to get today. down there sometime. <laughs> oh, you do, man. You do. Um, the Goodyear blimp was at the game on Saturday, Ethan, and it took mm-hmm. the most beautiful picture of Morgantown I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, I'll get that over to you, and uh, you can you can give me your thoughts on that here because yeah. it, it is a spectacular, spectacular photo. Uh, well, you, know, so, you did send that to me yesterday, and we did talk about oh, it. Oh, I did. I thought I did. I thought I did. Yeah, okay. and it was a beautiful. It was it was a beautiful picture. I love yeah, those those right. aerial shots of campus. Always get you. Well, that's that's a great segue, Ethan, into what we're going to talk about for the majority of today. Uh, yeah, the the call that. you made yesterday that woke me up from my slumber there uh, was that like, like a, had you had you not like woken up for the day yet? No, no, I had. I okay. had. I watched the first half of the one o'clock games, and uh, I didn't get home till about two from the game on Saturday night, and mm-hmm. uh, I had two of our guys we know from Orange from high school days. They were down here for the game this weekend because Ohio State hosted West Kentucky and they didn't really care if they missed that game. They wanted to come see the backyard brawl. Right. So I had to wake up and make sure they got out of town okay and that sort of stuff. And so mm-hmm. then I had to go back to bed for a little bit. But uh, yeah, so you called me yesterday with the news. <laughs> right. Yeah. The news uh, that Mike Babcock it, has resigned as Columbus Blue Jackets head coach. Waking Tanner, arising Tanner from a slumber and yeah. uh, I mean... I was just sitting there on Twitter watching uh, the Lions game, I believe, uh, and saw that Mike Babcock had resigned for possibly, like, I don't know, the least offensive thing he's ever done, maybe. <laughs> he, he came in, everybody knew, and he came in that he was a controversial coach, you know, and uh, yeah, he came in and I guess asked players to look at through their photos the nature of which is i guess we'll probably never know uh yeah it's kind of undefined how voluntary that was and all that stuff i don't think i don't think they'll ever tell us i don't think we'll ever know but uh no he's gone yeah thoughts um well yarmo kekalainen's gonna speak today we're recording this on monday morning uh it'll air on tuesday on u92 but it'll be up on the podcast platforms later tonight. Uh, Yarno Kekalainen's going to speak at 1230. He might say something. I don't know. Uh, Pascal Vincent's now the head coach. That's what I expected from the beginning, to be quite honest with you, which I don't like. 
personally because he's already in the organization. I don't know how you grow as a franchise when you keep hiring internal guys. Uh, the most successful coaches in Blue Jackets history have been guys that are more like Mike Babcock than not like Mike Babcock, right? Ken Hitchcock, yeah. very controversial guy, and John Tortorella, also very controversial figure. And both of these guys kind of are like Babcock, at least behind the bench in, in the fire and passion that they have in the kind of don't put up with BS stuff, right? Like right. Ken Hitchcock made Rick Nash a 200-foot player. Rick Nash was never going to be a 200-foot player if Ken Hitchcock is not the coach. Like that, right. that sort of stuff, you know. They don't favor uh, these kind of skill position guys. They make everybody a grinder. And Babcock's sort of similar in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I guess we'll never know. We uh, we got zero zero games out of Mike Babcock, uh, a hire that I was confused by back in uh, a couple of months ago. But I was, you know, you got to rally behind your head coach. So uh, I guess we'll we'll see how this season goes. Now, I mean, I don't know. You think it's going to be better? We have Fantilli. As much as I hate to say that. He's something. I don't know. I don't think you're going to hate to say that come the. Yeah, probably not. I'd be wearing a uh, Fantilly jersey, buddy. Um, oh, I want to make sure I get this but... right. No, really. You're, you're that, that against the University of Michigan. Yes, I am. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe, um, uh, maybe in a few years when we're graduated and we have some superstar Wayne Gretzky-like type that comes out of that school. There's a possibility that I would buy a jersey, but not right now. Too fresh. So, all right, I saw this on Twitter yesterday. I can't find the picture. But uh, Mike Babcock, going 0-0 zero and zero as the Blue Jackets head coach, puts him 10th all-time out of 11. Right. So, yeah, I did see that as well. <laughs> if anything says that, Blue Jackets. <laughs> right. That's, that's what I'm kind of getting to. I mean, if you want to understand what the Blue Jackets are, it's that right there. Mm-hmm. Like, just just unbelievable. And it feels like the franchise is going to continue to stay in its own way. And, and it's just so frustrating. You said it and I said it. Like, I love the Steelers and, and all of that, but your hometown team really matters. And for us yeah. in Columbus, it is the Blue Jackets, right? We're not Ohio State guys. And so – no. The Blue Jackets are our team, right? And we saw it during the magical playoff run and all of those things where the city really got behind this team. And it's like, can we ever get back there? The The, the pinnacle of this team is an eight seed in the East. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's absolutely unacceptable to me. You're 23 years into a franchise. They are the right. worst team in North America since 2000 of any of the four major sports. Yeah. It's just beyond frustrating at this point, Ethan. Like, I, I don't know what you do next. Because you've had – like, you, you've essentially won the offseason in the last two years, right? Like, everybody knows Bedard's going to be a dude. But mm-hmm. you get Fantilli, who in any other year is the number one pick in the draft. And then last offseason, you get the, you know, biggest fish in the pond in Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. In free agency. Like – to not be able to capitalize on a roster that has this much talent on it's going to be another problem we talk about years down the road. 
Right. Well, I think the problem right now is that they're not developing any other guys. I think in the on the lower lines, you read like you read the 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 starting lines of the last game of the season, and I don't even know as a fan who half these guys are. Probably after the second line, I did not know a single person on that team because I I don't know where you get your depth from, but whatever we're doing is not we're not getting it no no depth no, at all not. i think and after the after the second line i think you're basically skating i don't even know i was gonna say a whl team out there but i don't even know if it's that yeah um it's gonna be interesting what they do this year man i they've got a lot of young defensemen hopefully the defense can be better i, I mm-hmm. think that's gonna be something they're gonna point to the reason that the depth was so bad last year was the amount of injuries. Yeah, and I know true. you don't like to use injuries as an excuse, but this team has been so hurt. So mm-hmm. hurt. Like, they lost Wierenski not even a month into the season last year, and then you continue to lose guys off the roster. Like, there wasn't one player that played the entire season for them last year. Right. So, I, I mean, when you're talking about it like that, like, what what are you supposed to do at that point? Because the guys in Cleveland on the AHL squad that you could call up, they were hurt too. Yeah, no, you're right. So I I don't I don't know, man. It's it's definitely frustrating. It is frustrating. I'm just now seeing. I'm getting back to this. Uh, Mike Babcock goes zero and zero to become the tenth, eleventh uh, trivia question for all you out there with Gary Agnew in 2007, who went oh yeah, I would definitely not with- have it. 0-4 with one overtime loss. So, uh, basically five losses. Um, and, yeah, nowadays I'd be 0-5, yeah. But, hey, that uh, overtime loss gives them one point. So, Mike Babcock is the, the number 11 in points, but in wins, he's still uh, number 10, holding on. I guess that won't that won't last long now that uh, we've got another 0-0 zero zero head coach in there. It, it, it's it's truly frustrating, buddy. And you know, this is I mean, we really do care about, and, and it, it it just sucks because it's year after year. It's kind of the same thing. And, and I'm not ready to say it's time to move on from Yarmo or JD. I think John Davidson is one of the best presidents in the NHL. And yes, they've not had a lot of success, but they've also not not tried. You know what I mean? Like they they've done things year after year to try to make this team better, and mm-hmm. something else always comes up, right? You know. They, they go and get Jeff Carter to pair up with Rick Nash. And Jeff Carter doesn't want to play in Columbus. Like, that that move at the time was a great move. Mm-hmm. And he ends up playing less than 50 games in the Union Blue, and then they ship him off for Jack Johnson and a bunch of other pieces. And then they ship <laughs> Rick Nash off because Rick Nash finally says, listen, you have no assets left to try to build this team up. The only asset you have is me. You have to trade me at this point. It wasn't that he wanted out of Columbus. He wanted this team to become successful. And the only way they were going to be able to do that was move on from him. Right. Like, it's absolutely incredible, right? The the number that you have retired hanging in the rafters over there at the NWA is mm-hmm. 61 and he never won a playoff game. Yep. I, it's unbelievable. Like when you think about the best players in Jackets history, it's Rick Nash, Nick Foligno, I guess. Uh, Brandon Dubinsky. Yeah, this list is great, isn't it, Ethan? Uh, you continue down at Boone Jenner, I guess you'd put on there. <laughs> uh, 
uh, Sergei Bobrovsky um, will one day have yeah. his number retired. You, you, you win two Vesnias with the team, your number's getting retired. And I agree that they shouldn't have paid him. He finally bounced back last year, but that was year three in Florida for him. And he, he mm-hmm. got it together. He was benched in Florida a couple of times, too. I, I, I'm not mad that they're not paying Bobrovsky $10 million a year. I, I think the Seth Jones move was a good move. They got some pieces back for a guy who was not going to re-sign long-term. Right. You got Gaudreau in the building. You got Fantilla in the building. You flipped Dubois for line A. The roster is put together, and they're going to have a better defense, I think. If Elvis can bounce back, they're going to have a chance to, to do some things. Um, I, I, I talked to Sean McDonough on, on Saturday, the great mm. play-by-play voice for ESPN. Absolutely. And I don't know if he – like, I, I wasn't really, like, asking him in, like, an interview kind of setting or anything, but I said to him at the end of this, our conversation, I was like, you know, I really enjoy – when you're calling NHL games, I said, the Jackets, they're, they're going to be better this year. Or I said, they're going to be good. And he said, ah, they'll, they'll be better. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think that you see guys in the national media, Ethan, who want to see a team like Columbus in what is considered a small market, even though it's not, become successful as a non-traditional hockey city, right? John right. Bucigras of ESPN has really pulled for the Jackets since ESPN's got the rights back to the NHL. And mm. it, it's nice to see that there is some love for our team. Because it is such an untapped place. Like, look at Tampa. I know you don't want to hear about Tampa. That is the most non-traditional hockey market in the country. And they sell out every single game. Yeah. There's no reason that would not happen in Columbus. They were selling out games in March last year in the race to get Connor Bedard. Like, to, to say that Columbus is not a hockey destination is insane to me. And they do a lot of the things right off the ice. You know, they build with the community well. I think the branding is spot on. I don't love the primary logo. I'd rather them go back to the classic CBJ one uh, that they had originally. Mm-hmm. The Cannon's all right. I, I don't need it as a primary logo. The Cannon jerseys, they're fine. But the, the, the in arena atmosphere is so perfect. That arena is like it's brand new. Every time you walk in there, there's no problems with it. It's one of the best arenas true. in hockey. Uh, partially because it is hockey specific, right? That's a, that's mm-hmm. a big thing. Yeah. Everything is there for you. They just have to take that opportunity and grasp it. I, I'm not expecting them to, you know, go compete for a number one seed in the East, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to go be an eight seed and make the playoffs this year. Well, I mean, absolutely, you're right. I mean, Nationwide Arena is a beautiful place, and we're not just saying that because we go there all the time. It is – I mean, when I went there for uh, – But we've been to how many arenas between me and you, right? We've been yeah, there – a lot. We've been to so many other arenas around the country, and I would put Nationwide in the top five consistently. Yeah, no, I mean, when we were there for March Madness coverage of Michigan State basketball last year, uh, it was like, it was electric for that. And, you know, I mean, I think we were probably the closest school that was playing there. If I remember right, I'm running through every school that was there. I don't know, maybe Purdue might have been about the same length away. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, probably Purdue. But, um. But it was electric, and, you know, the fans were getting after it, and, you know, it's a great arena for sound and everything. <clears throat> the, You know, you set it up for basketball that it's just not for, and it still works. I was looking up at the Rick Nash retired jersey the whole time, like, you know, man, we're Yeah, how here. sweet was that, huh? That was sick that to sweet? see that hanging over. I mean. I was really, really hoping the Mountaineers got to go to Nationwide so I could go and cover a game in a building I've grown up in. Right? right. There is that sentimental value to it, but. I mean, truthfully, I, I've been to close to half, I would almost say, of the NHL arenas, Ethan, and it's consistently in the top five. Like, Tampa's is right there with them because Tampa is hockey-specific, too, and they're about the same age as far as the arena's considered. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, and the hockey specific makes a big difference, I, I would say, because you have arenas like what Washington plays in, what Philly plays in, um, that are also built for basketball and more primarily for basketball. And, and the right. sight lines are not the same for hockey. And, you know, I've been to Pittsburgh multiple times and Pittsburgh's is hockey specific, but it's so vertical to where it's sometimes hard to watch the game that way, I think. And, you know, there's room to walk around in the concourses. You, you have room at your seat, all of those things as well. And I think it's just a really well-done place. And I really hope for the Jackets that things uh, start to get better uh, for my sake and yours. Uh, you mentioned the big night tonight in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Would you like to talk about that game at all? I'd love to talk about that game, Tanner. We're coming you in. Tell me about your Cleveland Browns. Well, <laughs> um, trying to see if there's anything. I'm gonna have to look something up before we get there. But yeah, I, let's I think talk Amari about... Cooper's not gonna play. Really? Yeah, that's not great for you guys. I didn't see that, but I didn't see that. But um, matchup predictor on ESPN: fifty-nine percent Cleveland. Not that that means anything. Yeah. Um, tickets as low as $73. That's uh, that's the lowest being 73. That's kind of rare for especially an AFC North matchup. But a Monday night football game, people are excited. And, yeah, you're right. Uh, Amari Cooper questionable. Deontay Johnson out. Cam Hayward obviously out. Yeah, that's no so, good. Yeah, so we've got a – it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a bit of a battle, but hey, I'm excited. This team is exciting. We beat uh, the Bengals 24-3. Steelers get blown out 30-7, to but this rivalry, you know, never listens to any reason or anything like that. You know, anything can happen at any point, especially now that, you know, Big Ben's gone. We don't, uh, we don't lose every single time, so that's exciting. For me personally, um, yeah, I, I get that. Um, the Steelers have not lost in forty years on Monday Night Football. They've not lost to Cleveland at home in the regular season since the Browns came back. So I don't know. That well, makes yeah, you see, feel a little that's bit what better. I'm that's what I'm saying. On paper, the Browns are much better, but then you add in stats like that, and it's like, well, you know, the the Vikings had never hadn't won a Thursday Night Football game in forty three years, and they lost. So. Yep. And, you know, people always say that's another thing that we'll have to get to. Kirk Cousins, legend. I don't care what people yeah, say he, about him being a choke artist. He is not the problem on that team. He's, you know, put the team on his back with three or four touchdowns and 300-some yards. But yeah, it's going to be an exciting game to watch tonight. Um, obviously, if this comes out on the radio and you're listening in the morning, you'll know. But... I'm excited. Nick Chubb versus uh, T.J. Watt. Well, that's that's one of your problems, and I don't know if it's actually going to be that big of a problem for the Cleveland Browns. Is Jack Conklin's out, and uh, that means DeWan Jones gets called up. DeWan Jones is going to be a starter in this league for a long time, and he's yeah. going to be really good. And so, I think that that is not actually the end of the world for you guys, as some people may be pointing out. I think they're doubting DeWan Jones a little bit, uh, just the sheer size of the guy to try to get around him. Yeah, that, I mean, he's got that name for – he's like 6'7", 350, dude. They call him Big Thanos. <laughs> you cannot call somebody Big Thanos and say that that's a downgrade. I mean, obviously he doesn't have the – obviously he doesn't have the uh, the experience that Conklin does, Spartan legend. But 
Oh, yeah. Look at you just giving all the love to Michigan State this morning, pal. Well, how can I not? Uh, we need it right now. Kirk Cousins. Um, DeJuan, or, <laughs> well, Dewan Jones, when he first came into Spartan Stadium, actually, no, I went. It was really that I noticed it at Spartan Stadium last year, but the year before, I also went and watched Michigan State, Ohio State. Um, that man is the biggest man I've ever seen in general. I don't think I've ever seen a bigger man than Dewan Jones. And when I noticed that this last year, when he was, I mean, compared to football players, compared to other Big, big Ten Division One football players on both Michigan State and Ohio State, I had never seen somebody that looked as big as he looked since maybe when Zach Harrison looked as he did in uh, in high school against all those high walk, schoolers. Walking the out. hallways at 2840 East Orange Road. <laughs> he stood out like that. Dewan Jones was standing out on a field with other D1 players, and yeah. including Zach Harrison, and he still looked ginormous. So I don't know. I'm excited for him to be a Brown. I'm glad that we drafted him because just you can't you can't teach size, you know? No, and, and that's a first-round talent you guys got in the fourth round, and, and that's a big, big deal. Right. Um, and, and so I, I am I, – I wouldn't say that I'm nervous for the Monday night game tonight because I think the Steelers are the Steelers, right, and the Browns are the Browns. Uh, so that, that means something. Uh, and, and until the Browns kind of change the narrative on themselves, I'm going to continue with that sort of thought process. Um, I, I think that – you know, the Steelers were terrible against the 49ers, but usually week one is, is a liar. And yeah. hopefully they can right the ship a little bit. Kenny Pickett looked awful last week. But, you know, to say that he's not going to be the guy, I think it's too early to say that because uh, they won 7 of 9 to close out the year last year with a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett with a bad offensive line. They ran right. the ball less than 10 times last week against San Francisco. That needs to change tonight for the Steelers to uh, find some success, I think. Um, and, and obviously the loss of Cam Hayward cannot be overstated. I, I don't think, Ethan, that's, a, that's yeah. such a huge, huge deal. And, no, that's you know, a huge presence on the defense. I think that's – I think the combination of him and T.J. Watt is part of what has made T.J. Watt stand out so much is that, you know – Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I don't I mean, think you can have I, I one would, without the other. No, I, I think that's a fair point because you can't block both guys. Um, and, and so I'm excited uh, about that. Uh, some other news for you really quickly. I just want to have my 10 seconds on this. Please. It's been a great start to the Monday, okay? Yeah. Tampa Bay Rays are set to announce a new stadium in St. Petersburg. I'm so happy. I was so worried, man, because Stu Sternberg, the owner of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, said that if there's not a deal by the end of the year, he's probably going to have to sell the team to mm. get a new stadium in the works. Mm. Uh, they've tried everything. And while it's going to remain over in St. Pete, which I don't love, the team's at least going to stay in Tampa. You right. know, there was talk of them going to Orlando and Nashville and, and Charlotte. And that stupid split with them playing half the year in Montreal and half the year in Tampa Bay. Like, none of that made any sense to me. That makes so, absolutely no sense. I didn't even no, know about that. Oh, dude, that was like two years ago, and everybody lost their freaking minds over it because it was like they're going to play in Tampa until uh, May, and then they'll come back to Tampa in September and do the play. Like It was so weird. It made no sense at all. And, and so I'm, I'm grateful that that's not going to happen, and they've got a new stadium. 
uh, yeah. that's going to be built 30,000 seats in a dome with the whole district around it and whatnot. So I'm excited about that. The Rays have made the playoffs again. They've won 90 games again. They've won 92 thus far. Uh, still trying to chase down the Orioles. They split with them 2-2 in a four-game set. Uh, it would be nice to win the AL East because that means you win the American League and you get the bye. But, right. you know, not everything can be like that. Uh, you guys down in Cincinnati, you're a half game out of it right now. In the well, that's what I was about to games. say. That's what I was – when I said I want to talk about something, but I'm looking it up first, that's what I was talking about. I wanted to check the standings because I, I was updated on the standings a couple days ago, but not currently right now. So Milwaukee – obviously going to win the um nl central sorry took me yeah froze for a second there uh cincinnati half a game back miami has 78 78 and 72 miami you know it's also 78 and 72 the chicago cubs you know 78 and 73 is the cincinnati reds san francisco uh Two games back from that at 76 and 74. Um, I guess that's only technically one game, but it's one and a half games, but it feels like more. Um, and then San Diego, 72, pretty much out of it. So the Reds have to have a better – and then 79 and 72 is what you have the uh, Diamondbacks at. So they're only a half game up. They lose, yeah. and they lose, and they're uh, – they're down with us. Uh, probably, I think they'd, yeah, they'd still be in it by a half a game if they lost uh, today. However, no, but there's a chance for the old Reds. There is a chance. I mean, it's all only, I mean, four teams within a half game of each other, I guess within one game of each other. Um, I mean, when has that happened at the end of the wild card race this close? And especially between four teams that need it. Maybe not the Cubs. The Cubs have had their success, what have you. But the right. Diamondbacks, the Marlins, and the Reds are all just praying for some sort of success. And three spots are wide open. Somebody's going to be out, out of those four teams. I just hope it's not the Reds. Please, let something, everything that's ever happened in my childhood, watching the Reds, let something else happen. Something that fits, <laughs> that fits unlike all of the others. We are playing, the Reds have uh, three games against the Twins, three games against the Pirates, two games against the Guardians, and three games against the Cardinals to close it out. So there's room because none of those teams are that great. Pirates have no. dropped out. Pirates looked great at the beginning of the season. They've dropped out. They've kind of come back a little bit. But, man, we need to beat those Pirates. The Guardians is always like the strangest. The Ohio Cup never makes any sense because – both teams could be great. Both teams could be terrible right now. The Reds are better than the Guardians, but we'll see. I think every time that I go to that game, the Guardians end up winning. So uh, I'll stay away from that one. It is in Cleveland, though, which I guess is closer to me than than Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. And then we close out with the Cardinals, who have had a very bad year. But once again, I'm just used to watching the same teams beat my teams. I'm used to watching the Steelers beat the Browns. Used to watching the Cardinals beat the Reds. I don't know. The Reds always have success against the Pirates, though. I will say that out of all the rivalries, that's usually a little bit better. So the Reds have a chance. I think it's uh, somewhere around 10 games left. Yeah, I think it's 12 11 games for almost 11 every games yeah, 11 for games. us. Okay. Yeah, 11 games for the Reds right now. I think it's 12 for those other two teams that are a half a game up. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. so yeah, they're, they're they're not out of it yet. Um, by the way, Joe Buck yeah. this morning just tears apart the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> He's obviously in Pittsburgh for the game tonight uh, on Monday Night Football, and he tweets a picture of PNC Park, and he said, "You know, every time I come to this city, I look at this baseball stadium and think how bad I wanted to call a World Series game here." <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> just just. Oh, I mean, what, you going at Pirates fans for what? Yeah, you called it a beautiful ballpark, and it is. Uh, it, it's absolutely terrific over there at PNC. But come on, man, they're just they're just trying to live their life right now. You know, they, they yeah, had a good start to, to the year. The things out. are looking up a little bit. They 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 paid Brian Reynolds. You know, things are things are not as bad as it may seem in Pittsburgh as far as the Pirates are concerned. But Joe Buck decided to uh, you know call about a little bit this morning. I I, I live for that stuff though. Um, that's that that's pretty funny uh yeah so i'm excited uh to see what your reds can do i'm hoping that they can pull i don't like the cubs at all i would like to see the reds get in instead of chicago that would be pretty fun that would be Uh, fun for me as well on that sir i'm sure it would i'm sure you'd enjoy the hell out of that we've got a two weeks two weeks left of the season yeah so we'll know in two weeks yeah that was fun all right what what games you got this week for me huh what are you calling? Anything? I'm not calling anything. Uh, we have one men's soccer game that I will be working in a control room fashion. But uh, got a little bit of a break okay. until at least until Sunday. I don't know if I'm calling on Sunday or not. How about you? Okay. I think I have four. Mm. So it's a busy week yeah. for you. That was like me last week. I yeah. The whole so... weekend from Thursday to Sunday, I was doing something. So. Yeah, uh, I got... Dayton in town for the men on Tuesday. Iowa State's in town for the women on Thursday. Uh, the men play like Georgia Southern or somebody on Friday, I think. And then the women are at home again. Uh, I think it's Kansas State on Sunday for mm. soccer. So four big ones this week. West well, Virginia men, dude, I tell you, we talked about them a little bit last week. They are incredible. 5-0-1 mm. this season. Still unbeaten. Mm. They draw with number five, Central Florida, down in Orlando, three to three. Uh, the new rankings have not come out for the top twenty-five, but they were number four last week. Yeah, so that's, that's exciting. nice. That's fun to watch. Yeah, our men, Michigan State men's team, uh, tied Rutgers. Michigan State women's team tied Ohio State, looking to get back to that Big Ten title regular season. They uh, did not. They were nine zero and one in the Big Ten last season. So that was our one tie if we want to match that. We need nine wins in a row now, which, you know, no one's asking them to do that. But have another season like that would be fun. And you can always win the Big Ten tournament if you don't win the regular season title. So that'll be fun I, to watch. I, I, I've seen that Penn State team firsthand. They're, they're darn good, man. Uh, they're, they're really good. And they're consistently really good on the women's side of soccer. Yes. Uh, very yes. impressive stuff out of Happy yes. Valley. Um as they did and obviously we have some ties. Yeah, we we've got some nice ties over there in the Indy Lion women's soccer team. Oh, the old poor ball sisters are are good friends back from high school, running sports with uh, Amanda Grace for a long time, and it was cool to see them when they were in Morgantown earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do, are are you at Happy Valley, or are they here uh, in East Lansing for you? Do you know? It's okay. Not off the top of my head. Not off the top of my head. Well, that, that's all right. I don't even think – yeah, I'm not going to speak on something I don't know about. I'm not sure. No, you're good. You're um, good. You're good. I, I didn't know if you'd know. I just have it all in my head because I've been doing, like, all of the games. So 
Yeah, it's, no, that makes right sense. There. I'm uh, I was uh, trying to survive there for a little bit, so uh, thinking ahead has not been. Oh, here it is. Uh, it, they are here in East Lansing on October first. All right. On Big well, Ten Network, up. so I won't get the chance to call that, but it will be nationally televised. So, oh, well, there you go. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. So, twelve p.m. Sunday, October first, and then Saturday, then next Saturday, at the school down the road in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So, oh boy, that'll be a fun stretch to watch. Um, all exciting stuff here. Love all the fall sports. Golf. Uh, we're hosting a tournament right now here. That only oh, I love when golf couple has times. a home tournament. Yeah, yeah, that only happens once or twice a year, so always fun to watch that. Yeah, we're that in a good place, like you that. know. We're in a good place, and uh, it's it's good to hear. Always fun, always fun to watch all the teams. Well, I think that about does it for this episode and this edition of the Spartan Year podcast. Uh, Spartan Sports Report uh, that I am the director of. I will be anchoring tonight, Monday night. So uh, there we go. I guess I guess it gets posted on Tuesday, just like this show. So uh, Tuesday afternoon, sometime. Uh, find us on YouTube, the Spartan Sports Report, on all of our. Uh, you'll see my beautiful face talking about <laughs> soccer and whatever else. Um, but find us on Apple Music. Find us on Spotify. Find us on wherever you find your podcasts listen to us yeah on u92 the moose every week we'll be yeah, here tuesday mornings yeah it's live u92moose.com if you want to hear the live edition with some commercials and whatnot but if not yeah tune in uh subscribe all of that good stuff we enjoy talking every week it's more of just a conversation between me and ethan rather than anything else just so we can keep up with each other at the same time but Absolutely. yeah uh brutal news Sports just brings like people that, together yeah. That's right. It was that sucked. I yes, that was really, uh, it sucked. sucked. Yes, yes. Not hey, but uh, we'll, we'll see, see what, what happens. happens. <laughs> yeah. Training camp starts uh, in a couple days. Yeah, over there. You know, that was one of the cool things too about where we live, Chiller North. They do a lot of stuff over there. True. Uh, but we'll see. Fantilli, the uh, prospects, they won the Traverse City tournament, so that's mm. pretty cool. Shout out to Cherry City. Yeah. Is that, yeah, that's what it is, right? The Cherry City, USA. Yeah, I don't know if it's actually called that, but it is where all the cherries are. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know if it's officially called that, but that's what everybody knows it as. That's where the Cherry Festival is. And uh, solid. Traverse City Cherries, get yourself some. We will see you next week. That has been it for the Spartaneer with Tanner and Ethan. Have a good week. <laughs>